I'm Ashley. And I'm Jasmine. And you're tuned in to Ham Radio Stranger Things Podcast. It's a, a ham radio. The Cadillac of ham radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to yet another episode of Ham Radio as Stranger Things Podcast. We've got a great episode for you today as usual, but first, we have a little housekeeping to take care of, and I'm going to turn it over to Jasmine to let you know where you can find us on social media and where you can listen to the podcast. Thanks, Ashley. You can find us on Instagram at Ham Radio Media, all one word, on Twitter at Ham Throw on YouTube at Ham Radio Media or using our handle Ham Radio 1983. We also have a Discord you can join, which is linked in the description of this episode. If you have a fan theory or question you want to share, you can email us at hamradiomedia at gmail.com. Ashley also has a fanfic on AO3 entitled Stranger Things College, which is also linked in the description. The podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and much more. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a rating or review. We have a lot of totally tuberous stuff coming up, so be sure to follow us on social media to keep up with the podcast and all of our new content. So there's a directional they uh, a directional uh, dialogue they put in here of when they're in the upside down uh, biking. It says as they pedal down the post-apocalyptic street, you know, spores whipping and swirling around them. Uh, so to me, I you know when I read that in the script. You know, it's a very interesting word choice there to use post-apocalyptic. So to me, I think, you know, that makes me question, okay, is the upside down like a vision of the future or something like that? Um, is that, what What do you think about that? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, I mean, I, it could be, the only thing I can think is it could be, um, it, it could be like, okay, well, this is the way the world's going to look like if Vecna wins kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that's, I, I could see that. Otherwise, I don't know. Like if it's supposed to be in in the future, like Vecna said his whole thing was to like basically kill all the humans. So unless that's the implication that it's, he's killed all the humans and that's why there are no other humans um, in the upside down. Um. But then I feel like there would still be other animals. Do you know what I mean? Like not just upside down mm-hmm. creatures, but other animals because like I don't he can obviously control animals and I don't think he'd have a reason for killing all the animals on Earth. Like there doesn't seem to be there doesn't seem to be a benefit to doing that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just <clears throat> I find that word choice uh very, very interesting. And it's also that's one of the things I'm looking forward to next season is learning about what the upside down is you know and then uh, after that uh is when the demobat sees them and uh lets up shriek which alerts vecna and this is something like when i uh, before i i read the script whenever i would watch season four i didn't know that he was on the first floor of the of the krill house like i always just assumed that he just stayed up in the attic you know i didn't I never realized that he can move around in the house, but um, it is interesting that he never leaves the house or doesn't seem to. Um, did you pick up on that when you watched 
No, so you're saying he's on the main floor? Yeah, so in the script it says interior Creel House, first floor upside down. And that's, you know, in the show, that's when after the Demobat shrieks, you know, we see him turn around to the to the camera. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so apparently he was on the on the first floor. I got it. I I never knew that. And it's so quick. Yeah, it's so quick. I thought he was just chilling in the attic the whole time. Yeah, me too. But apparently, Uh, apparently he moves around. I didn't. Yeah, and also like apparently he can go other places because like he leaves after they shoot him and light him on fire at the end of the season. Yeah, he's disappeared. So clearly he can. He can move for so that seems to imply that he wants to be at the house. You know, like that's the source of his Yeah. Why would I say his power? Or like maybe he's well, I kind of thought he was recharging, but if he's just walking around the main floor, then he's not recharging if he's not connected to the vines. So maybe he just prefers to be there because that implies he can go other places um whenever he wants to. He's he's choosing to be there, which is interesting considering that like from every time thing he tells Nancy and Elle, he hates Hawkins. He doesn't want to be there, but he also doesn't escape into the the real world when he has the chance. You know, like he could have yeah, gone through yeah. one of the gates. So, which that's what I thought he was going to do. That's why I thought he. That's why I thought he his plan was with opening the gates. Like I was like, oh, so he's trying to get out of there, but he never does. Yeah. And so I don't know if it's no, I was gonna say so does that like mean that you know, because he's um a part of the hive mind, if he leaves the upside down, he'll die or something? Uh I mean the Demic Organ was able to go freely into reality just I mean at night. Mind player was too. So Yeah, I don't it's really weird. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah, I just because you're right. Like that does seem like a like that seems like a logical conclusion, right? He tried to escape, but he doesn't seem to like. I, I feel like he's gonna have to go into the real world at some point because if he stays the upside down, him and L just keep having mind battles. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's nowhere to yeah, there's nowhere yeah. to go. They're kind of a stalemate on that one. So that's got to happen. I feel like in season five. So. Like, I, I guess, what does that imply? Does that imply there's something we don't know? Or does that imply he's, like, kind of lying when he talks to Nancy and Elle about it because he's perfectly capable of leaving? And, like, presumably, like, we know there are gates in Russia, right? Or there was one of them all. So that seems to indicate he could just, like, pop over to Russia if he wanted to. Like, he could just go other places. And he's, despite the fact that he says he hates all he's choosing to hang out at his old house that he presumably hates and stay there so like what what like is he lying or is there something about that place that allows him to connect to a power that like he he, like does he need to be there he doesn't want to be there but he needs to be there you know yeah it's it's a lot of gray area with that i don't think he's a a hundred percent honest guy to be honest with you uh you know i i think you know He's definitely uh, embellished a-, a lot of what he's talked about. But, I mean, I personally would love to have seen him come out of one of those gates into reality. I think he could have done a lot of damage, a lot more damage. But I, I-, I don't know. It's 
yeah it's, it's strange to say the least yeah for sure and i mean something that i think we already caught is you know when we get to his monologue that even even on first watching the show when he's monologuing he originally says that his plan was to kill his entire family, including his father. But by the end of the monologue, he said, he'd, I, I didn't, I was young. I didn't know, you know, I didn't quite know my own strength. So I framed my father for the murders as I had intended. So he lies yeah, in like, the monologue. Like, um, uh, I think y'all were lucky with, with yeah. that. Like, I don't think he knew that his father was going to, be framed and all that i don't i don't think you know especially if his original plan was to kill all of them i don't think yeah i mean i think he's just trying to flex there to be honest with you but yeah so we uh after that then we go back to the rainbow room uh it's a memory and this is where so it says that 11 is playing chess but I believe the opening this, is different. The opening is yeah. different to this scene. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think in on the screen she's drawing or something. Well, she's not, not before playing that. Yes. So in the she's drawing, but also like in the script it says we there's like we cut um so first it says that we flip into the upside down, the camera flips when it actually moves up, which I feel like they probably just changed because like that would be like Give you know, like it would make people sick, you know what I mean? Like, if you were just flipping yeah, around, yeah, um, they probably tried it that way and were like, Whoa, no, let's not make people feel nauseous. Um, but we're supposed to, it's supposed to flip, and then from Vecna, we're supposed to cut to um, like L playing chess. And like, no, it says we're supposed to like zoom in on like the rainbow in the rainbow room, it's supposed to be super eerie. But in mm-hmm. the final version, we cut to like one of like the um, the heart monitor in Nevada at the Native Project, and then in, like, we zoom in on L in the tank, into the memory, and then, yeah, we see, the scene opens, like, we see all the other kids in the Rainbow Room, and then we eventually move over to L drawing, not playing chess, so, like, I, and I, I want to hear your take on this, but my take was, I feel like that was probably meant to humanize the kids before their death, because we're about yeah. to get to that, like, it's supposed to be, like, look at them all playing like it's supposed to kind of lull you in and kind of humanize them in preparation uh for that moment that's kind of how I saw it yeah yeah I do too and I think the big thing I don't know if you caught this um like when I read that in the script I was like whoa so when they're describing where they are they're like interior Hawkinsaw boiler room day memory and she she being l enters the boiler room we recognize this from bob's heroic journey in season two it's scary down here without a flashlight it's very difficult to see she hears a gurgling noise turns and so when i saw that i was like whoa because like they're tying this back to to bob from season two and maybe you remember this but i don't remember there being a scene in the boiler room in season two like do you know what they're talking about there yeah, so I think, I, if I remember correctly, in season two, when, like, Bob, I think it's either, like, before or after he uh, gets the power and stuff turned back on, you know, he's just going, like, through everything, and I, he does go down to the boiler room, but it doesn't look uh, like it does in season four, um, but he does go down there briefly, like, very briefly. Okay, so I feel like maybe in the original season two script that was a bigger deal because it 
Like, I don't remember that. And I feel like it, it seems more blink and miss it. And like you said, it looks different. So unless the implication is supposed to be they've upgraded the boiler room since the 70s, which I mean, fair, that's like a decade in between that time. So, I mean, that could be it too. Um, but it, it made me wonder, because like, have you seen that blooper? Like when they released the blooper reel for season four, where um, the scene between Will and Mike in California when they're sitting on Jonathan's bed like mm-hmm. no it was like you know you know when I was the spy and they're like oh god damn like they're they're laughing because he said the wrong line it uh-huh. it reminded me of that because they've said they're going to come back to stuff they wanted to get into from season two that they couldn't so it, it made me wonder when I read that I was like is there something about the boiler room are we coming back to this boiler room like is there something we're supposed to be connecting from Bob's like heroism in season two like we're also there also could be something about when will was the spy in season two like is there are we were they meaning to make a bigger connection there that either didn't quite land or they didn't quite get to, like are we are we supposed to be connecting something there that was my question yeah yeah i mean you know you obviously don't you know point something out like that in a script if there's not you know, something there, because, I mean, keep in mind, like, this, when they say, you know, in the script like this, I mean, this is, like, you know, this is not for the audience to see, you know, we're not going to read this, you know, the the actors and, and everybody else in the show are, not us, we're just watching what's on screen, you know, um, so clearly they, they wanted someone to get across like their, you know, call back to something, right? Yeah, so I'm wondering maybe, maybe was that to the set designers? Or, like, I'm wondering who that was for, you know? Because I feel like calling back to Bob on that one doesn't really, it's not like it's there for Millie Bobby Brown because, like, she's not in the scenes at the lab in season two, you know what I mean, when they're making their yeah. escape? So it's clearly not a direction to her. So I'm, unless it's supposed to have some kind of gravitas to something that we're not privy to, um, mm-hmm. or like, I wonder if maybe it's, it's kind of a call to like the directors in terms of where they want the, or like the camera operators and where they want the camera to go or to the set design. But you just said like, it, I, I, I'd have to go back and watch it, but like, it doesn't look the same. So I'm wondering who that direction's for. Like, it's obviously for somebody that works on the show, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be for someone, crew or cast or both. So um, I feel like I'm going to go back and watch watch the like watch that those scenes from season two and see if I can catch anything because it's got to be for somebody. And like we we wouldn't have this script, you know, if it hadn't been you know submitted for consideration. So yeah, I wonder I wonder what that's referring to or who that direction is for. And the other thing I noticed, you probably caught this too, is that. In the script, the tracker slash uh, like the device that controls Henry's powers is called an inhibitor, and in the final version, it's called Satyria. Yeah, I, I caught that. I like yeah. Satyria much better. Oh yeah, to be honest with you, because I mean it, it is an inhibitor, right? It inhibits him from using his powers, and I, I hope we we learn more about Satyria next season. I just think it would be cool to see what it is. But this whole scene right here is probably. Well, number one, it was when I started to connect the dots about this orderly and who 
you know, he could possibly be, you know, because it was super creepy the first time I watched it. And like, I, I loved this whole interaction between these two because it's here where you begin to see him change, you know, like he's, um, you know, he's definitely, you know, putting it on thick here of, you know, the whole, you know, I can't go with you. I'm not going with you. And then, you know, she obviously takes the Satiri out of his deck and stuff. But, um, I mean, again, I, I think it all goes back to this guy. I do think is, is, I mean, in some ways a liar, um, because I just, I don't always understand like what he's, we you know really what he's getting at here of I mean obviously he's trying to manipulate her so that to let him out you know but it's like because I feel like by this point he had already made up his mind like he was going to you know do the massacre and everything and it's like you know if that was your plan you know, you still could have gotten her to take that thing out of your neck before this, and, you know, like, you still, you could have still gone with her, you know, like, I, ho I hope I'm making, making sense on that. Um, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, and I, something I noticed, too, is similar to how, um, I think, Brenner's characterization is a bit different in the final version versus the script. And I think it's up to, you know, Matthew Rudy and acting about playing it more, you know, like lack of emotion, you know, um, versus trying to humanize. I also noticed this too here, whereas in the script, like it describes Henry as being surprised and moved by Levin's offer. But in the final version, if you look at his face, either he displays no emotion right up to them when he smiles. And so like, you know what I mean? That was the sense for me too. I, I didn't know what was wrong, but that was kind of when I started too, to be like, okay, something's off about this guy. I don't know what it is, yeah, but something yeah. is off about this guy. And I feel like that was an acting choice because I feel like they'd gone with the original and been like, he's surprised and moved by the offer. I feel like him being Vecna, being one of the massacre kind of would have come out of left field, but because in this scene, I, I like the way I interpreted it was, you know, he's so hungry. And so, you know, kind of you know excited about getting out and being able to kill everybody and you know he thinks okay he's gonna take 11 with him and they're gonna take over the world like he's so like hungry for this goal that he's struggling to contain that and so that's why you see no emotion until right at the end when he smiles and there's something creepy about his smile that wasn't there before and 11 doesn't see it because he's earned her trust and quite frankly, everyone around her looks like that. You know what I mean? Like everyone else, all the of all the kids, they're all duplicitous, right? They're all, you know, like they're, you know, as an audience member, we, we recognize malintent, but she's grown up in this environment, so she doesn't see it. Um, she doesn't see it at all. She and she has no way of like registering, you know, like that kind of like body language, because you need. Like, you know, you need kind of the, the social interaction that, you know, you get in the real world to, to be able to do that, you know? Um, right. And, you know, and I, I, just about that, it made me think of how, 
you know, we talked about this um, last time, but, you know, what surprises both Henry and Brenner in season four is they think that Eleven's going to be easy to manipulate and they think they're going to be able to take advantage of her and she's just going to react like she always has. And they're, they're surprised when she doesn't because she's had these experiences that have taught her more about, she's still working on it, but being able to read body language, facial expression, know when someone's being dishonest, know when something is off and they're being duplicitous. And she's learning that from the other people in her life who are, you know, trying to help her read and navigate and understand the world. And like, I really, I really love that about her character that she's learning this and wants a work in progress. Like you see it on her face when she's like, you think I'm going to fall for this and I'm not, I'm not that kid anymore, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And, but it's like, you know, his, you know, what he tells her, like, you know, I'm not going with you. And then he, he says, you know, I meant when I said when I call this lab prison and everyone here is a prisoner, not just you, not just your brothers and sisters, the guards too, the nurses, me. Okay. Well, dude, I mean, well, if that's the case, then why aren't you trying to leave with her? And so the, the only, uh, you know, explanation I'd come up with is like, things didn't go exactly the way he planned, I don't think. So I think he had every intentions of, <clears throat> okay, I have to get this kid out of here so that I can go kill the others. And then after that's done, then I'll meet back with, up uh, back, back up with her outside the lap fence and we can go and you know, live out this evil plan that I have. And it just didn't, you know, work out that way because obviously the guards came and, you know, he had to think quick and he locked her in that broom closet and, you know, where she was in uh, within earshot of everything that was happening. And yeah, it's just, um, yeah, I don't, uh, I mean, he's very compelling. He certainly is, but I don't, I don't really understand him a lot, you know, um, his Yeah, and logic. Like I, have to, I have to rewatch, like I haven't rewatched the scene where the guards find them, but um, yeah, but kind of something I was kind of thinking in retrospect was, why didn't he just like shove her through the hole? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like when they I catch know. them. Do you know I what know. I mean? Like she's small enough, he could have been like, go and just like shoved her through the grape with the grape back on. And then like, yeah, they were going to grab him anyway, but, like, block his, block the hole with his body, do you know what I mean? Like, if the goal is to get her out so he can carry out the massacre, um, and that points the tears yeah. only out of his neck. Yeah. You know? Like, it's... He could have just been, like, just get out of here, run. Like, you know? go, and yeah. then killed every like, that actually would have worked as a better plan, because then he could have killed everybody at the lab, met up with her, and she could have been like, what happened? And he would have been like, oh, like, I had to you know, like, I had to defend myself, I had to, like, kill, like, I had to kill people in order to get out, and you phrase it like that, I would have been like, okay, like, you had to do this in order to escape, you know, um, and then, you know, he probably, like, she probably would have gone with him, it might have taken her a while before she realized what he was up to, so it, it almost makes, it almost makes me think that he, like, not that he was intending for it to work out that way, but once the opportunity presented itself, was like, instead of just moving her away, he's like, I'm just going to stick her in a broom closet. And because, like, he wanted to kill everybody. Do you know what I mean? Like, he wanted all of that to happen. You, do you know what I mean? Because that seems like the better, better, better plan. So, yeah, like, what's he, what's he up to there, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it, the dude's obviously a psychopath. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, he really is. And, like, in this moment, like, when when she takes um, the... Uh, Soteria. Yeah, sorry. The Soteria out of his neck, and he, you know, picks it up and, you know, looks at it, and, you know, he has that really creepy smile on his face, and is like, you know, who knew something so small could cause so much damage, and uh, or cause so much trouble, rather um like and in that moment like he changed like instantly like that and that's when I knew I was like this guy like there's something about this guy uh because he he changed like in that moment he I think instantly became a murderer because he's like I have my abilities back now and I can go do what it is that I plan to do now i think the question is for me is how long has he planned how long did he plan to do the massacre and what uh for him you know set him off uh was it you know when he got you know punished for helping 11 that he realized like i have to do it now i mean for me that's that's a pretty big question because it's like, you know, he obviously manipulated Eleven because he knew that he could, if anybody, like, he could get her to do it. I mean, if that's not, if that wasn't the case, then he wouldn't have showed her the Soteria implant to begin with, you know? Yeah, for sure, like, 100%. And, like, the thing I don't get is, like, he's he's really angry. And, like, when he realizes she's left the broom closet, like, she's left the storage closet. But I'm like, dude, if you just shoved her through the hole or told her to run, she wouldn't be outside the property. So, like, you knowingly took her upstairs, put her in a broom closet, and then you're surprised that when she heard people screaming, she came out of the broom closet? Like, yeah. so, like, it's, I, I don't know if there was, like, something we're not getting there, or it was just for dramatic effect. But yeah, I don't unless unless of course it was a test. Do you know what I mean to see if she would listen to him? Like, does he have her under his control? But if it was a test, I like maybe that's where the anger is coming from. That like he's mad because he realizes he can't. She's not as controllable as he thought. But if that's the case, I don't see why he'd be surprised years later. Yeah, and and too like he grabs her by the hand and says to come with him i mean it's you know yeah he wanted her to be there and i don't know if it's like you know from the writer's standpoint they you know they wanted to kill two birds with one stone here and show us and 11 you know this guy's like what nature like what he was capable of yeah Um, uh i mean i don't yeah, I don't. Yeah, because I, I guess really if she leaves, because yeah, well, I just think about like thinking all the way through. If she goes to the tunnel and escapes that way, then a she escapes several years before she's she's supposed to, quote unquote. And do I feel like they like we as the audience would see what he was capable of, but then they just kind of go off. You don't really get to where we get in season one. But if that's the 
like if that's the case, I feel like they needed to have put in some kind of other obstacle for why they couldn't have gone back through why she couldn't have gone through the tunnel, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. Like um like a gas coming out of it or them throwing something or just something that like um or her snagging on something, like something that's gonna prevent her because she only goes that way because he takes her hand and they run. So yeah, I don't yeah, that's kind of a plot hole now that I think about it. Cause yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Cause she like guess what she ultimately does. Like in season one, we don't know what kind of sets that off, but she ultimately somehow like some part of her brain remembers that and that's how she does wind up escaping. So if she knows that, like why she wouldn't why she wouldn't do that before, you know, like why he would prevent her. Yeah, that's that's a good point we've we've discovered. <laughs> yeah. And and to me, I feel like you know, because they they've had number one in the back of their in their back pocket for a long time. It's something that you know we know for the companion novels and stuff. Like they were able to talk about anything they wanted to. They just couldn't bring up number one or anything like that because it was something they wanted to bring up in the show. But I think this is something where this is an example of you know what happens when you decide to wait until the penultimate season of your show <laughs> to uh reveal this kind of stuff um and not really have any you know clues or bread breadcrumbs um in the previous seasons to even point to any of this i do think that you know that is uh, a risk i think you have to take but again it's i i think that's what's you know really happened here like they I think they, you know, for whatever reason in seasons two and three did not, they chose not to touch on any of this and they chose to wait until the the end of the series to, to bring it up. And, you know, I think this is kind of a victim of that. That's just my opinion. But yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I think that unless like either either we're missing something that's going to be filled in next season or they just realized that they should have dropped some breadcrumbs earlier. And because they waited on the reveal, um, they and also I, I feel like, you know, because it wasn't originally the show was not originally intended to be a series. There's going to be things like that where, you know, like in order to make it fit with what we already have we kind of got a tweak a little bit, you know, which they wouldn't have had to do had they originally plotted out a whole series. So either we're missing something there or it's just in order to make it fit, it has to be this particular way. It's also that like we may be giving Henry too much credit here. You know what I mean? Like he had a plan and when that plan went awry, he not panicked, but, you know, just improvised. And I mean, I mean, this kid, this guy's obviously like messed up in the head. So you, you know what I mean? Like, maybe we're giving him too much too much credit in terms of logical thinking, you know? Like, he's been playing yeah. this for a while, but, you know, you know, in the moment he improvised and he went with, in the moment, what he, you know, or, like, maybe he wanted to take her with him kind of thing. Like, maybe the plan was never for her to separately escape. It was always to manipulate her into taking the chip out. But then I don't know how we would have convinced her to go back up. Like, was he intending for the guards to find, you know what I mean? Did he think the guards were going to find them? Because otherwise, like, okay, you manipulate her, she takes the chip out, but then she's free to go. 
you know, or did he think he was going to be able to manipulate her and be like, okay, let's go out together instead of you go this way, I'll go another way, you know? Yeah, um, and two, you know, he gave her his key card. So I'm like, how did he get down there without a key card? Like, cause oh, he good was, point. He was already in the boiler room when she went down there. Like, so how did he, how did he get down there without a key card? Unless his key card, maybe they had to replace his key card because he's like, I can't find my key card. And they yeah. replaced it because he, like, unless they replaced it. I mean, you'd think Brenner would have caught on like, hey, you were helping 11, now your key card's gone. Unless maybe just Brenner was so arrogant. He's like, well, nothing could have, nothing like that could have happened. You haven't given it to her because like, that would mean I'm not in control of you. And he just couldn't, you know, even accept that reality. I, I could see that being the case because we know, I mean, Brenner has some pretty big blind spots, obviously. Unless the person who issues the key cards isn't in constant communication with Brenner, that could be a thing. Or he had maybe he had a spare card or something. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> um, unless there's another, no, but there isn't another way in because she needs the key card. So, and she she still has the key card, right? When, in order to get down there. So, yeah, either he has a duplicate or he somehow got another one. Yeah, unless of course the other orderlies aren't aware that he's that he's one of the numbers and he has powers. Because if they're not aware of that, if Renner hasn't told them, or they started working the lab later, they think they're just giving an orderly a key card. Um, maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah. So. Um... So after that, then we go back to uh, Russia, and no one cares about that. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I mean, it's just uh, I think this is like the the final uh, like Russian Russian scenes, right, of this episode. Yeah. So about the Stranger Things play, right? I I don't I don't want to talk about this play, Jasmine. I really don't. But I mean, it's. Stranger Things content and it's you know it's out there um so I mean I just like wonder like is it as canon as people are making out it out to be because like I've seen on Twitter like a few Twitter users who've been able to see it a couple times have said like they've changed things since the you know opening night or whatever um including the ending of the play um i mean i don't know like why they would they would do that you know if this is canon you know if this is like you know they <clears throat> i don't know their whole attitude towards this play and all like they think it's as simple as like taking a trip to disney world it's just it just behooves me jasmine it really does like like they think it's just so easy for people to afford a trip to to london england to watch a three-hour long stage play i mean it's just beyond me you know and then the whole you don't have to watch it to be you know prepare for season five but you know it holds the key to the end and you like we want people to watch it like i don't i, I don't get it i mean jasmine what do, what do you think i mean i know you haven't read the spoilers of the play i mean i have but i mean i i don't i don't get like where they're coming from with the marketing behind this you know 
Yeah, I don't really get it either. I mean, they're acting like they're acting like as if you know, like it'd be one thing if it had a touring production. So you know, every major city with like a you know the theater district could see the play. You know, where things make the runs of like different towns, um, but that's not the case. It's only available in the UK. So I do think that's a bit weird because, like you said, they're acting like it's a hop, skip, and a jump, but it's not. And especially in this economy, I mean, people have even less money than they did even last year because, like, the same amount of money does not go as far as it once did. So, again, not a hop, skip, and a jump. And, you know, people don't really have the money to go see it. And, like you said, they're changing stuff. So, I mean, obviously, there's elements of canon pulled from the show, but beyond that, um, I mean, it's not canon because I mean, if you're changing the ending and like between productions, um, that can't be canon. There's no like that that just cannot be canon because you, you know, then the canon is contradicting itself between productions, and that's just that just doesn't work. And I have a feeling there might be elements of whatever this is in the final version of season, like for season five, but I, I honestly feel like they'll mostly ignore it just because. They kind of have to, because like from what I have seen, like they've A, changed the ending several times, and B, the whole thing about um, <laughs> Bob having a sister and that sister being in love and like a relationship with Henry Creel, which is apparently Jack Thorne's idea to humanize Henry. So the fact that it's coming from somebody outside the Stranger Things team, who also was the like brains behind Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which was so non-canon. Uh, the characterizations of that made no sense. So it did like include key characters. Plus, like, you know, there's I've heard things like I think you shared with me that, you know, like Ted and Karen were like making out the whole time, which makes no sense because they didn't like start dating until after <laughs> Karen had like graduated. Nancy says that in season one. The like Yeah, and he's a few years older than she is. Yeah, it says she's, you know, my mom was younger, he was older. You know, and it's at least implied to me that Karen graduated, went off and had a life and kind of like, especially after what she says in season three to Nancy about like how the world just beats you down. Like my impression there was, you know, she graduated, she went off in the world. She had dreams of what she wanted for a career that was obviously more exciting than Jazzercise housewife. And then the world beat her down. She got rejected so much. Like, I don't know if she wanted to be an actor, like something where she'd be facing a lot of rejection. And then it just beat her down. She came back to her small hometown, maybe for the holidays or just because she couldn't afford to be where she was. And she met Ted and she kind of like, you know, kind of gave up, you know, that was kind of the implication I got from what Nancy and Karen say between seasons one and three. Also, Ted's not a passionate person. Like they make that pretty yeah. clear. Like I think yeah. Karen could dance naked in front of him. And I don't know if he'd notice, you know, like that's, that's kind yeah. of who Ted yeah. is. You know, like he he probably couldn't name his kid's favorite color. You know, like he's just he's just kind of there. And so that and also like I've I've heard that like the the Hendersons are in it, like supposedly Dustin's parents, which is so non-canon because we don't even know what's up with Dustin's dad, but we know he only moved to Hawkins when he was in the fifth grade. So presumably they lived somewhere else that's not in Indiana, or if it is in Indiana, it's farther away than Indianapolis. 
in the fifth grade. And did his dad die? Did he leave the family? We don't know, but we know he did not attend Hawkins High, right? Also, Henry Cavill is far too young to have been attending high school in this time period. So, no, I don't think it's canon. I think they're just saying that to get people to come out and see it, but that's just, it's impossible for it to be canon based on what we know after four seasons. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and it's like, you're Stranger Things. You're very popular over in the UK. Like, you don't have to do that to get butts in seats. You know, you, I mean, I, I, I don't, I mean, again, I don't get it. And it's, and look, we're not trying to, to tell people not to go see it. I mean, if you have the financial means to go, to go to London to see it, that's great. I mean, you should absolutely do that. But, you know, I mean, it just kills me to, you know, flip on, go on Twitter and see all these people believing this with all their hearts of, you know, like, oh, just wait, season five. And it's like, I mean, but what if it's not in in season five? <laughs> you know, what if what they show in the play, what if season five never touches on that and and goes completely against that? What then? Hmm? And yeah, I just, I don't think that the Henry Krill stuff needed to be in it. I mean, that to me is stuff that needs to be reserved for the show. I mean, that's, or at least on screen. And and that's just the way I feel about it. And, you know, the other stuff I've seen in it, I mean, it's neat, but it is so contradictory <laughs> to, to what's been established already in the show. And uh, it just, to me, it makes everything else, everything just much more confusing and it undercuts a lot and I just don't think it's necessary you know yeah I I agree I I don't think it's necessary and like I've (laughs) said this before but if they'd said this is an alternative universe or like a what if I think that would have been fine you know if we're just established right off the bat this is a what if scenario this is an alternate universe cool but because they haven't said that and they're trying to make it canon it's like well it's clearly not canon you know yeah, and, and and again, I'm not, you know, trying to give away too many spoilers from what I've read, but them trying to give Dr. Brenner, you know, this backstory of his motivations and all that for uh, his project and all that, I don't like it. I mean, it, well, it's interesting, but I'm like, you don't have to do that. I mean... The Duffers have already said, like, this dude is just a scientist who, you know, thinks through everything through a scientific lens. And I think for a character like Brenner, that should be enough. You know, you don't have to, you know, give him this added layer of motivation for this. He's a scientist. He's curious. You know, I mean, I, I that's just how I, I feel about it. And I mean, the fact that they've changed a lot in it. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's canon. I mean, I, I, you know, I hate to say that, but I don't. You know, you know what I do think is canon though. That virtual reality game that came out like a month mm, yeah. ago, and you know, I think we have to ask ourselves 
So the product that is like like a $300 total product, including the console and the game, uh, versus uh, a three-hour-long stage play that someone that you would have to pay up to $5,000 to go see, you know, which one is more accessible <laughs> to the public, you know? And also, like, they've, they've, they barely um, advertise the game at all. I mean, they... You know, they did the trailer on Stranger Things Day. They've done a few things here and there, but they, the Stranger Things official accounts, you know, they didn't put anything out about it. But man, for this play, it's been like marketing galore. And so I just, you know, you know, ask people like, think about it. You know, this virtual reality game, if you've seen the trailer, then you know kind of what's in it. Or if by now, if you bought the game and you've played it, then by now you kind of know, but during the time of this, all the, you know, uproar of this play, what's, you know, this game has quietly come out and I've seen the trailer for the play. I mean, the, the game and that to me, uh, because you have Matthew Modine and Jamie Kimmel Bauer voicing their characters respectively uh, and just, what I've seen from the trailer and stuff of that game, that one definitely is canon, without a doubt. And you know, just from what I've seen in the play, it just, it just, you know, than the characters, it just, it's not canon to me. I'm sorry, it's just, it's not. Um, and and I know they couldn't have predicted anything about the strikes, but you know, especially the game, I'm really surprised that they released that before season five, you know? Yeah, me too. Um, to me, it reveals a lot. Yeah, for sure. I, I just don't think it's as, the marketing is weird, and I don't think it's as canon as everybody uh, seems to, to think it is. I don't like to talk about the play a lot, because it makes me mad every time, every time I talk about it. So I try not to yeah. talk about it too much. Yeah. Um, so to wrap it up and get us out of here, uh, do we want to talk about the um, kind of the season five updates that we've uh, filming updates that we've gotten? Yeah. Um, so uh, this is all we we have up to date. Um, so we know that principal photography on season five is set to begin the second week of January. And according to the Duffer Brothers, uh, there will be eight episodes in season five. Um, the cast has read six out of the eight episodes, at least at, at the time of this uh, recording. Um, so, and they've said like we would get a table read for the end of the year. Well, at the time of this recording, we have two weeks until the end of the year. So, you never know what Christmas may bring. Um, I mean, it could be it could be a Christmas. They could be dropping yeah, it on Christmas yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Like... Or New Year's Eve. You know. <laughs> um, and then uh, they said that. You know, they'll get back together and read the uh, final two episodes, and they said it'll be very emotional, which I know when people, again, like you talk about people taking things out of context, like people are like, oh, you know, because they like, oh, someone's going to die. And like, I mean, maybe, but I think they meant like, this is the final tape read they're ever going to have for this show. And when you spent 10 years of your life with something and, and with these people, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be very emotional, you know, for it to be your the last time, you know, and 
they did say that the final two episodes will be like a season four length. I'm kind of hoping that we'll have, you know, several episodes in season five that are at least an hour long because, I mean, one of the, my biggest fears for season five is they're not going to have enough time. And I think if Netflix, you know, tells them you can do supersized episodes again, do it. I mean, I don't I, think I disagree, they will. actually, because I feel like the fact that they were allowed to do that for season four made it worse. Because the, every yeah. other season is so tight in terms of the storytelling. And then, you know, you get to season four and it's like, okay, it felt so bloated. But at the same time, it felt like there's stuff you didn't cover because you, quote, ran out of time. It's like, well, we wanted more, but not more of this. And I feel like having the last two episodes be an hour makes sense. But I feel like having the rest of them be like 30 to 45 minutes, like the previous seasons, I would hope is going to make for tighter storytelling rather than, you know, having the characters like drive around. Like this past season, we saw them drive around in a van and there was things about the Russian plot that like went over, like where it's like, yeah, you could have montaged that. You could have sped that up. So I'm hoping that the shorter episode, a shorter episode run for like, what that would be like, I guess five or six of the episodes. And then the longer runtime for the last two um, would hopefully make for the kind of like succinct storytelling we got in seasons one through three. That that would be my hope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I I um yeah, I agree with you. Like, I do think that um, you know some episodes season four could definitely have been shorter. Um, but I'm like, for me, you know, I'm just you know what I meant was like because I'm I'm worried about them not being able to tell everything in season five uh, and then not have enough time to do that. Like I'm saying, if, like, if you need an hour to tell something, like, do it, you know? Um, not just, you know, season four, it was a lot about, like, filling time, um, I guess, so that we could get to season five. But yeah, I... Um, Again, like that's that's probably one of my chief worries about season five is they they have a lot to wrap up, and I'm like I just worry they're not going to have enough time to do that, you know? Yeah, I get that. Or I like I would be satisfied if they had like ten episodes, you know? Yeah. You know, condense condense some of the runtime and just have more episodes, uh, but that's not you know the way they like to do things, so. All right, Jasmine, is, uh, did you want to discuss anything else or? No, nope. I think, I think, I think that's all folks. I think we're good. All right. Uh, well, thanks guys, as always for joining us and uh, stay tuned for more from the Ham Radio podcast. And that's our show. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and tell your friends. Our theme music is provided by Neon Knights and our sound editing is provided by Ashton Cooper. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ham Radio, a Stranger Things podcast. Please join us next time. Same dial, same time. Over Over and out. out.